Infinity Games Podcast. Am, am I Welcome. doing the thing? <laughs> no, I was like bent over trying to uh, make it so I can see my laptop because I put it on the floor so there's no noise coming through very my nice, microphone. Very nice. Any whore. Welcome to episode 13 of the Infinity Games Podcast. I am Jukebox Hero. And I'm Calrix King. And today's episode will include games we've been playing and our main topic of what makes a game good. If, if, if the game goes in the system and it turns on and it has a fun time, it makes the game good. No, not quite. <laughs> sorry, to bra- sorry to burst any bubbles. Not quite. Yeah. It's a little more in-depth than that. Just because you like a game doesn't mean it's not shit. My child, that, that's like my entire childhood of gaming. This Batman yeah, that, game is awesome. And then you think about it from like a literal standpoint. These days, it's like, God damn, what have I done? Yeah, it's like every Nicktoons game I ever bought yep. for my Game Boy Advance, because I loved those. So well, you had uh, every reason to. Back then, they were the fucking, they were hot shit. They were wonderful I mean, it back was SpongeBob. Then. Fucking love SpongeBob. Good old SpongeBob. So, uh, here's the thing. Last week when we said we were going on to number 13, you asked if we could record it on a Friday. And oh, asked if you were going to skip it. We're not skipping it. It's a Friday. This is the 13th. Wow. <laughs> I planned that's, that out. That's why I didn't message you till today. That's a You son of a bitch. <laughs> it's fine. Like I said, I have very long work days right now, so I, I have not had the mental capacity to actually be like, oh yeah, Jukebox and me need to do the thing that we do every week. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it worked out. <laughs> I've, but, been, um, I've been doing the things. <laughs> you've been doing the things? With the stuff. What things you have know? you been doing? Actually, I tried something called Rhythm Roulette, which rhythm is like you roulette. get... Rah, rah, rah. Sorry, I'm <laughs> eating at the same time. Rhythm nom, nom, Roulette. Nom. And what that is, is you pick three random records, and you uh, you sample a beat out of them. Okay. Yeah, that's literally it. Oh, gee, well... <laughs> riveting. <laughs> more More difficult than it sounds. So... Okay, think of like hip hop songs and rap songs and stuff. The music that's playing in the back, that's the beat. That's what you're creating. The challenge okay, is gotcha. that you have to pick three random records. So, like, you may have never listened to them. They may have nothing worth sampling, but you have okay. to use them and you have to create a beat out of just those records. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. This is the this first like, time I ever did that. <laughs> is this like a game or like an app? Like, is it on Steam or. Oh, no, it's just a, uh, it's a thing that, like, producers do. So there's oh. a YouTube channel called Mass Appeal that kind of popularized it. Gotcha. So it's like a weekly series for them. I see. Okay, I'm on board now. Yeah, I, I was doing it as a challenge to myself because I was making my girlfriend a mixtape for her birthday. Aw, cute. Yeah, and I figured I'd actually make a real song. That's actually pretty cool. And old school as fuck. <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's another podcast I listen to. You remember Jason Heine from the All Gen Gamers podcast? Of course I do. 
So that's still a thing, but they don't record more than like once every five months now. So he started Strange. a new podcast called uh, Music, Games, and Gear with some other guys that are music engineers and whatnot. I'm and pretty sure you've they told actually me about read this my... before. I think I have. They're only Probably. on like their fifth episode, but um, they read my question on the show and I was like, hey, when was the last time you guys made a mixtape? And I was actually surprised because they were like, oh, like 20 years ago when cassettes were a thing. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually a little bit sad. Yeah, I I don't know. It's one of those things. It's like you want it, you want them to be like, oh, I just made one last week, but. Well, actually, what, I can't remember his name. I think it was John. He um. He created one about nine years ago because he was sampling beats with a buddy of his and they had nothing to record it on except cassettes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So he made one out of uh, pure necessity. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, man, my thoughts are just leaving. Oh, yeah. This is the 13th episode. You know how unlucky it is? Uh, very. <laughs> yes. It's Dang. unlucky enough that the fucking ginger beef stir fry fucking microwavable TV dinner that I just made has a single piece of beef in it, like two sticks of carrots, and then nothing but broccoli. That's garbage. Yeah. I'm like, there's barely any rice. I'm like, what the actual fuck is this? That's bullshit. Fucking only Cholula could save that. Yeah. Anyways, games. <laughs> yeah, I had to go on a tangent. Lol. Okay, so Jukebox you... has something he wants to talk about, but we're we're gonna I think we're gonna start with the thing that both of us do. Yes. <laughs> so that so that before I go into yes, dear, whatever you say, dear mode and nod my head in agreement whether I know what he's talking about or not, we can actually have a conversation to start out with. So uh... I I understand that jukebox and I probably sound like broken records at this point, but dual links. <laughs> so um a couple of things happened. Uh, like, Card Trader got new inventory, but we don't really care about that. Like, Jukebox avoids the Card Trader like the plague. Um, yeah, that's too much we, grinding. Well, yeah, and it, that's just it. Like, if if you if you somehow had, like, the excess cash and or just the time to, like, grind out all the ultra rare and super rare gems you needed to actually afford the shit, the good shit out of the Card Trader, then you probably buy it. But you don't. So... Yeah, fuck that um, noise. But the, the the main thing that happened, a uh, couple of main things that happened, is they raised the Legendary Duelist cap level from 35 to 40, so every character gets access to two brand new cards. So that's that's what, I think there's 14 or 15 Legendary Duelists right now. So that's another, that's an extra, anywhere from an extra 25 to 30 cards that they just added into the game, assuming that you can grind your characters up that high. Because, I mean, just getting to, like, 30 is enough of a grind, let alone getting to 35 and then getting to 40 again. Unless you have no a stacked friends list where literally all they ever do is send you card vanguards with one card hands so that you get 2,000 experience duel. So... 
Yeah. I mean, for the privileged. But uh, the main thing that happened is Mokuba is the new, like, wandering do list, which yes. I was kind of bummed about because when I first heard that, that, that they, like, data mined Mokuba, I thought he was going to be a new legendary do list. And I was like, oh, that'll be cool. I wonder what kind of skills he'll have. And I wonder what kind of, like, exclusive cards he'll have and stuff. So I was, like, kind of hyped up for that. And then, nope, he's just a wandering duelist. You know, and I it's bet like, you he'll become an actual legendary duelist in, like, a month well, from now. Well, yeah, eventually. Same with, like, Yugi Moto, right? Yeah. But um, I'm excited for him because I'm excited for him to have, like, skills that work with, like, magnet decks because, like, my magnet deck is, like, damn near perfect right now i just need like you know the best thing i got right now is like bandit keith the switcheroo so if yeah. if if we got yugi moto as a legendary duelist and he had like abilities that pertain to like rock monsters like i'd be fucking set i'd be like king of games here i come <laughs> but um <laughs> not actually like maybe plat one but uh so yeah, like I don't know, Moku Mokuba's hit or miss for me. I find like I like his cards. I think he drops some pretty cool cards, um, especially like Kid Moto Dragon. How it can get destroyed, and you could like drop a blue eyes out of your hand if you wanted. I, I believe is how want that. I got two of them in one duel. I got oh, dumb lucky. God. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, awesome, but I fucking, I was pissed because I saw two of, like, the glossy packs, and I was like, oh my god, yes, and then I got two of the same, instead of, like, you know, one Kidmoto and then one of the other super rares and or a Dark Flare Dragon, I was like, man, like, I'm not Sweet. mad because this is probably the best super rare card Mokuba's given up right now, but still. Yeah. I haven't got a single super rare or ultra rare from him. That's garbage. Um, yeah, it makes me really you, sad because all I've been doing is grinding legendary duelists for like the last week straight. Yeah, I was gonna say you have the Paradox Brothers unlocked, right? No, because I didn't even battle them once during their event. I was like, "Yeah, oh. fucking, I got keys, I got time, I'm gonna battle you, motherfuckers." And my girlfriend opened the app and is like, "Dude, they're gone." <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah, more or less. That's a that's a bummer because they make they make it really easy to do level forty Mokuba because they he he literally can't get over the Gate Guardian. Like you just you use their skill, drop Gate Guardian right at the beginning, and he can't do anything. And then uh, it's just building, and then it's just building your hand up and getting the cards you need to one shot him. Yeah, the uh, the deck I've been using is pretty consistent. I've lost like once, so That's it good. does me pretty good. I usually get uh, about 6,000 if I manage to get Trap Out, or else it's, like, 5,900. Oh, I mean, fuck, that's more than enough. Yeah. Like, that's that's all the, that's all the specialized farming decks are, is it's just to push it to in, into that 7,000-8,000 range. If you have just, like, a, like a semi-air quotes rando deck, and it gets you fucking five to 6,000 points consistently, fuck, good enough. I mean, the deck that I built for grinding was specifically for grinding, and I've never mm -hmm. got anything higher than 6,700 out of it. But any of the cards that I would need in order to actually get, you know, seven to 8,000, I'd have to go through the card trader or get, like, three ultra rares, so, like, reset a box three times kind of deal. Yeah. So I'm just not doing that. That's, um... Like I was watching... <laughs> yeah. I was watching uh, Shady Penguin earlier. And he was he he does this new little thing where he calls it a deck check, 
Where literally people send him a deck, he'll build it, and then he'll play three duels with it. And then if he's like, okay, I would suggest like changing these or no, this deck is perfect the way it is, blah, blah, blah. So he did this deck where it was literally like it focused on cards in your graveyard. Okay. So the, the idea was you, you magical merchant and you only have, you have one spell card, which is that new Feast of, uh, Feast of the Wild level five from okay. the new, uh, from the new Crimson Kingdom packs. Um, and then you run like at least Shady did, but he ran two Red Eyes Spirits and a Champion's Vigilance. Which I mean, good luck if you have fucking Red Eyes Spirits because those did not drop from fucking Super Joey. Um, and then uh, Champion's Vigilance is a fucking Kaiba is a super rare Kaiba drop. So again, it's like dumb fucking luck. And then, yeah. and then he had three of the freed the Matchless Generals, which are all super rares out of Crimson Kingdom. And then he had one. Uh, uh, freed the Dark General, which is another super rare. Like, it was literally, like, 20... It was, like, a deck of, like, 10 super rare cards, a uh, few rare cards, and, like, two normal cards, and that was it. And he was, like... At one point in his video, he says, oh, this deck is actually pretty cheap. And I'm, like, yeah, if you're fucking rich... <laughs> no I'm, like, yeah, if I kidding. had, like, $700 to burn, fuck, that's a real cheap deck to make. Like, God. fuck off. <laughs> It bugs me. It's like all of those top tier YouTube uh, dual links players and stuff. They all yeah. have like three of everything. And they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. This is fine. Meanwhile, yeah. scrubs like us are like, ha, ha, I got one mirror wall. <laughs> yeah, literally, like I have one mirror wall and one econ and I'm like, yay. I <laughs> I um, like wasted all of my keys trying to get an econ from Kaiba and I didn't get a I, single super rare. I was so yeah. pissed. I I honestly I honestly want them to just minorly tweak the legendary duelist drop rate like just just a tiny bit like literally increase the drop rate by like 1 to 2% and you're going to fix it's also honestly dude it's us having terrible fucking luck I was on Twitter the other day um right and uh okay Hashtag shameless plug fucking follow Infinity Games podcast on Twitter. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, um, and who was it? Because people, because Shady is like primarily dual links right now, which is cool because I love watching him do dual links, even though I hate his guts for having money and being able to buy cards. Right. <laughs> um, it's still good to be able to see all the different decks work. So, people will send him deck suggestions and stuff on Twitter and people will send them like what drops they're getting from the legendary duos. Somebody dueled Mokuba at level 40 yeah. and got a super rare. I think it was, I think it was the super rare magic card that he drops. I can't remember what it is. And three dark flare dragons. Jesus. In, in, in one fucking duel. I was like, fuck this hacks. shit. I'm going home. He, yeah. He I was like, fuck this it. shit. Yeah, it's photoshopped as hell. I believe it. I quit. <laughs> like, I was just like, and there were other people who were getting like two super rares and a dark flare, two dark flares and a super rare, or like, you know, I think one guy literally got one of each super rare in one duel, and I'm just like, I'm done. I quit. Uh, Fuck this. They can all lick my taint. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I actually finally have decks that I can farm duelists with, and it's and my luck is just still complete fucking ass. <laughs> so... You know how I, like, never, ever, ever grinded the Legendary Duelists until, like, this last week? Yep. So I had as tons of keys? Yep. I used 
all of my keys on Yugi and all of my keys on Kaiba and all of my keys on Taya. And, uh, and fuck all. Well, I did get some. So from Yugi, I got two super rares, not at the same time, but they were the That's same good. card. And if I remember, nah. it's it's the one where if uh, you 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 make your opponent attack uh, one of your monsters, and he has to do it with all of his monsters. Oh, I'm trying to remember what it's called. I'm just gonna pull up a little thing for legendary duelist uh, card. So I got I got two of those, and then from Taya, also in separate duels. Uh, I got two ultra rares, and they were both Dark Magician Girl. Which is okay, I guess. I mean, I never really liked Dark Magician Girl other than she's cute. Yeah. But I kind of want to make a spellcaster deck with... Because uh, the drops that Yugi and Taya give are really good spellcaster support. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I, I feel like I could make something pretty beast out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I know... um. I know in uh in the what was it the world championships um the god damn it I can't think today either we're both fucking like our brains are fried dude fried um, gone dead I made eggs um <laughs> the paradox brothers This is your brain on drugs <laughs> <laughs> The uh the paradox brothers have a drop skill that they can obtain called three star demotion, and essentially what oh, it does is you is. you pay yeah you pay two thousand life points and it and it will drop the it will drop every card in your hand by three stars. So for example, you can summon a dark magician normally. Right. Granted, you have to pay half your life points to do it, but if you farm Tay and you get lucky and you have supremacy berries, it doesn't fucking matter. So. Yeah. I mean, it, a lot of people in the um, World Championships were doing that, and they were running it with, like, uh, Guardian Angel Joan is really popular for it, too, because what anything she destroys, if she destroys, like, an alligator sword, then you gain 1,500 life points after. Damn. So, uh, like, she gets abused really hard because it's like you destroy anywhere from one to two monsters, and she's got 2,800 attack points. So, right. I mean... Um, the only downside is she's an ultra rare from the card trader, so it's like, yeah, gotta have the cash to be able to buy her. But, so people were running yeah. a lot of her, people were running lots and lots of Dark Magicians with Dark Magician Girl and Sage's Stone and shit. Like, it was bad. Like, the Paradox Brothers with that skill pretty much ruled the World Championship. Same with, like, Mai and her fucking hunting grounds. No kidding. So, with the card trader, it's it's not necessarily having all the cash to drop to have the items and stuff. It For me, it's more like, if I want to aim to have this specific deck, whatever I found on the boards, for grinding or mm -hmm. something, and it requires three monsters or whatever cards from the card trader, I could get them, but once I've got them, if I wanted to build another deck that requires card trader, I would have yeah. to wait like two months to build up the stuff again. Well, that's just it. And the guard traders all luck too, so it's like, you know, yeah. Like you um, can't, you can't, you can't know for sure. You can't be like, oh shit, I need another, like, like me for example. Like I needed deltas, delta the magnet warriors for my magnet deck, and I got dumb lucky. Like literally, one of those popped up like every day. Wow. 
Like I got really lucky. lucky with those, but you know, you know, I'd I'd like to see them implement like a trading system where mm-hmm. people could actually trade cards. But yeah. At the same time, I like, I kind of feel like too many people would like spoof cards into there, and it would kind of end up like the GTS on Pokemon. Oh God, I hate the GTS. But um, yeah. So. As far as Mokuba, I, I like his rewards. I like that he's easy to farm. One kind of peeve that I have is his decks are shit. They are. And it's like, it's like I understand that like the couple times you see him like do any kind of quote-unquote dueling in the anime, like he's god-awful at it. Of course. Like, he, well, you, you remember clearly, I, I think... he, duel, he, oh, yeah. he duels, I, I he duels Yugi... Yeah, and he's like, I'm going to play this 800 attack point monster in attack position, even though literally everybody else on the island is running, like, minimum 1,200 attack monsters. Like, are you dumb? (laughs) Yeah, that's like Joey when he was learning to duel. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, yeah, I staffed it with the best monsters I could get. And I'm like, literally, you have nothing over 1,000 attack points. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Could you you just imagine... Could you imagine for a second if, like, we could just, like, go back in time, like, 15 years, and take, like, if I could take, like, my Yu-Gi-Oh decks now? Oh, God, like, that wouldn't even be, be like, fair. Right? I'd be like, let's play, and they'd be like, I summoned Celtic Guardian, I'd be like, I'm gonna set my pendulums field of monsters, I'm gonna synchro, Xyz, and fusion all in one turn, you just received 20, 26,000 life points of damage. I mean, what? <laughs> I'd be like, that's Sorry, illegal. <laughs> I'd be like, nah, bitch, real cards. <laughs> Time travel. <laughs> I mean, literally, because I watched someone open up uh, uh, the boxes for yep. the first and the second expansion for the Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game. And, mm-hmm. like, literally the first one, there's, like, no effect monsters. It's all, like, normal types. They're super fucking weak, with the exception of, like, Blue Eyes and Dark Magician. And then the next expansion set adds, like, effect monsters and stuff. But that first one, if you played with just the cards that were initially released, I mean, it's pretty much like it was in the anime with Mokuba. It's like, you'd play an Mm -hmm. 800 attack monster, and you would actually have something that was worth battling with. It's fucking weird. Yeah, it is. It's super weird. That's, um, it's even weirder if you pick up, like, uh, if you pick up any of the old... Yu-Gi-Oh games on like GBA and stuff oh, like God. the one the one that really sticks in my head is the Sacred Cards. That one was the most flushed out and it focused like 100% on Battle City in the anime. And it, nice. that's just it. You start out with a deck with like 7 8 like the strongest monster you have is a 5-star tribute monster with like 1600 attack points. <laughs> and you can't I hate just getting those in like dual links. Yeah. They're and so you can't stack too. In those games, you couldn't stack your deck because you had to grind and you had to level up so that your deck would accept, so that you could raise the point limit on your deck because every card had a, used a certain amount of points. It was like if you wanted to use a blue eyes, it cost, you know, uh, let's say it cost 50 points. But if you wanted to put in something a little bit weaker but still strong like a Dark Magician, it would maybe only cost 40. So it's like if you tried to stuff too many strong cards you know, strong slash, like, 
good magic cards, good trap cards, your point total would get stupid high and it, and it wouldn't let you use them all. And then, so when I first played it, I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to win with these garbage ass monsters? And then I realized quickly because Yu-Gi-Oh originally had a duel that like damn, that nobody ever picked up on because it was just, it's a good system, but it was but it was too complicated for like real life play. It works fine in games when it does that shit automatically, but it was dumb for IRL kind of things. It was like if, for example, if you had like a Levia Dragon Daedalus on the field, like this big fucking 2600 attack point monster, I could literally play a Thunder Monster with 100 attack points and kill the Levia Dragon. Because type advantage. That's fucking and it was the same. It And it was the same thing. If you had a Blue Eyes on the field and I had a... I can't remember if dark won against light or light won against dark, but it was, it was, you know, it was the same concept. It was like, if I had like a zombie monster or something and it had stupid low attack points, I could still kill the blue eyes and I don't receive life point damage from it because my type advantage is stronger. Like, so so, fucking weird. Yeah, it was super weird. And every once in a while in the games, you'd run into this like super strong duelist. Like you'd run into like panic or something and he'd have all these like 1500 attack monsters so you'd be like, shit, I need to back out of this duel. I need to stack my deck with light element monsters. And then you'd have a chance of beating him. But then you got to fucking redo your deck again so that it kind of covers everything. And then you get into the next duel, find out, oh, there's an abundance of fire type monsters. So now I need an abundance of water type monsters. Like, it sucked. It was fun. I loved that game to death as a kid. But looking back on it, that sucked ass. Yeah, that's fuck. It's so fucking stupid. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, so, I never had yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh games. I know you did, but like, I'm mm-hmm. looking for the one on PS One now. That's like the which best one, one. Which one is that? Is that Forbidden Memories? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say yes. I was about to say Duelist of the Roses, but that was PS Two. No. It it demands a uh, pretty penny now. Yeah, Forbidden Memories. Yeah, it's like at Game City, it's like $50. Oh, yeah. Dude, the speedrun world record for that game is nine hours. <laughs> you hear that? And yeah. You're like, speedrun? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, that's like when you hear that the Final Fantasy VII world record speedrun is seven hours, and you're like, that doesn't sound like a speedrun. But then you think about it. If you play that game casually, you're looking at like a 40, 50 hour experience. So, yeah, that's a fucking speedrun. Yeah, no kidding. But like, but uh, who actually contends those speedruns? It's like the if, people if do think, them on. Well, yeah, but if you think about it, if someone gets a record on one of those games, who honestly yeah. wants to choose that game, where it'll take them like nine hours before they find out if they're even close to beating the record, or something like that's... Mega Man that's going to take them six minutes. <laughs> well, yeah, that's just it. I, I I've never understood that either. Like, here I'm gonna pull up. We won't dabble on this too long so we can get to the thing you want to talk about, but I'm just curious. I'm going to Google longest speedrun games, and we'll see. Because I, I know one of them literally takes like 30 hours to speedrun 100%, and I'm like, wow. why? Why would you do that and give up so much sleep? 
when you're yeah. probably not even going to know if you have a chance at the world record until you're at least probably like 27 hours in. <laughs> no And kidding. then you're like, and then you'll be like, oh shit, guys, I'm, I've done everything perfect. I have a chance. These next four hours are going to be lit AF, fam. And I'm just like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> okay, so... How strange. Oh, it's a... F- it's a fucking video. No, I don't want a video. Give me a list. <laughs> While Give you're looking a for that list, list. Uh, yes, uh, I'll tell you a little thing that happened today. So girlfriend's yes, doing please. a shop hop thing. So she's on like a chartered bus with a bunch of ladies going all the fuck over the place to buy quilting materials and fabric and whatnot. And they stopped at some random small town and i think she was at like a second hand store or something for whatever reason like maybe she had some extra time and uh she found a bunch of ps2 games cool yeah so she like calls me up and i'm like oh fuck what happened <laughs> and You're she's like oh no she died i mean it had to be fucking something she never calls me to begin with it's always text yeah. but uh so she got for 20 dollars Cause she called me and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, which of these do you have? Which of these do you want? What would you pay? And I'm like, I mean, if they're super cheap, like two to three dollars, I'll take them all. Cause you know, I'm strapped for cash, but there's like these two games. And if you can get those for like five to 10, do it. So she got space channel five special edition. Oh shit. Which was one of the ones I really wanted. Cause there's like a slim chance in hell that I will ever find it on Dreamcast. Uh, Silent Hill 2, Silent Hill 4, and Silent Hill Origins. Okay. The, the first Sly Cooper game. Time Splitters, Destroy All Humans 2, Bully. And that's all I can remember. Just, just all but, the gems. I mean, that's a pretty damn good deal for $20, though, because, like... Those Silent Hill games, each one of those goes for at least $20 at our stores. Oh, yeah. Um, so, get get this. What's that? Uh, one of the longest speedruns there is, is Pokemon Stadium 2. Really? It can go for up to 40 hours. So, why do I have a feeling there's no glitches? Or they haven't found glitches, so you actually have to play through the entire game. And the speedrun part kind of comes down to how lucky are you during the battles, and how quickly can that's, you press the A button? <laughs> that's pretty much it. It's like for for that one, for example, you need to know you need to damn near memorize every single trainer that you're going to battle, their team comps, what moves they have, what moves your team has, you need to know exactly where all your moves are so that there's no chance of a misclick or a missed button or whatever, like, so you don't go to hit down C and you hit right C and you're like, shit, I just used withdraw instead of fire blast. Fuck my life. (laughs) Get fucked. So, but apparently some dude, apparently some, a guy did Pokemon Stadium 2 during SGDQ. Yeah, forget about sleep. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just it. It's like, how the fuck do you do that? I mean, it's like, I love games. Like, I'm, I've, I, I said this in the other stream. Like, when Kingdom Hearts 3 does come out, 
I'm streaming it straight. Like, I'm not fucking around. Like, I'm fucking getting energy drinks and, like, snacks, and I'm, like, I'm playing that thing. I don't care if it's a 36-hour game. I will be awake for that whole thing because I have been waiting for that game for eight goddamn years. But there's a stream. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) um, (laughs) um, Because it's just that. It's, like, there's a big difference between... And don't get me wrong. I understand the people that speedrun these games are incredibly passionate about said games... It's just, I can't wrap my head around how you can play something for 40 hours straight and not have a half-assed guarantee that you, like, might set the world record. Yeah. Like, if you could Some somehow start it... Well, that's just it. If you could somehow start the speedrun and be like, this will be a world record run, I can kind of understand being able to do that. But if you're like... Let's hope for the best, guys. Fingers crossed. Like, why? Why put yourselves through that? Go play Mega Man X. That one only takes a half hour. <laughs> you know... You could literally run that one 80 times I played, in the time it takes you to do one of Pokemon Stadium. I played Tetris literally for days. Mmm, Tetris. Back in, like, 2009. Like, exited my room and hissed at the sun. Nice. Yeah. No. Dude, uh, yeah, can, I, know, I know what it's like. Can you even think of a game that you could speedrun? No. I don't have the patience for that shit. Yeah. Like... I, I do not have the patience. I can't think of any games where I'm skilled enough to actually beat them that fast. You see, well... The- but even the That's ones just it. that I am, like, really good at, I feel if I, de- like, defeated them really fast, like, to the best of my ability, I'd go look up the speed record and it would be, like, twice as fast as mine anyways. Well, yeah, that's that's just it. It's, like, in my opinion, again, no hate on the people who do them. I have mad, mad respect for the people who speed run these games. I watch SGDQ every year. I love watching people speedrun games. It is massively entertaining, in my opinion. I just don't understand why you put yourselves through that kind of torture. (laughs) I don't understand how you can literally play a single game over and over and over and over and over again in the hopes that you shave off, like, one or two seconds of your personal best. Like, I, I just, I can't wrap my head around that concept. Like, you speedrun Mega Man X. Let's say you learn everything and you're a fucking master and you destroy that game every time. And you're like, okay, I can do it like, I can do it like safe in 40 minutes. I'm going to shoot for like the 30 minute mark and I'm just going to go balls to the walls as fast as I possibly can and hope I don't fuck up. And then it's like, so let's say you run the game and you get like a 33. I don't know what the actual world record is, so I might be under the world record, but like, bear with me. I'm paraphrasing. So let's say you get like 33 minutes and 24 seconds. And let's say the world record is 33 minutes and 18 seconds or something. And you're like, oh shit, if I just, if I just shot my pellet two pixels lower when I fought Chill Penguin, I would have made up those six seconds, and I could have matched the world record. I'm gonna try it again. <laughs> like, what? 
Oh god. I'm like, going to no. watch myself play this and figure out the exact pixels and moments where I could go faster. That's just it and the people who find the glitches like my favorite speedrun to watch is like Ratchet and Clank. That shit's nuts. Like they use like is long jumps and and, ha- and not nuts and bolts, but it's uh I hate you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I accept your um, hate. <laughs> but but they'll they'll use like long jumps and ha- and uh, wrench slams to build momentum so that they can literally jump the entire map. Essentially, they'll place turrets down so that they can clip through walls and shit. Because a lot of ratchet and clack clank maps in the games are big circles you start one spot there's a locked door you have to go the very long way around to get whatever power up or whatever's on the map and then the door opens via said power up and then you can get back to your ship and fuck off so a lot of the maps are literally hey we're here clip through a wall grab the thing get the fuck out (laughs) cool and it's like it is it is super cool to watch but it's like who does this because it's it's the other thing is I, again, I fully respect the speedrunners, and I fucking power to you. I love you guys because you're massively entertaining, and I get a huge kick out of you every summer. But y'all are fucking crazy. You gotta like let me know when the next one's happening, because I never know when it's happening anymore. Cause I don't go. On I never Twitch do either. Often. They it just kind of pops up on YouTube, and I'm like, oh shit, cool. It's time for that thing I love. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just gonna ask. Nah, you. dude. Um. Fuck off. Okay. Goodbye. Apparently. The podcast is oh over. no! Apparently, <laughs> it happens in two weeks. Two weeks. Jukebox. It happens in two weeks. Nice. Twenty seventeen Summer Games Done Quick event dates July second to July 9th Something else oh, to do so during the day. Yeah. So there you or go. Nights. I like how I like how their number one moneymaker is Metroid Prime or not Metroid Prime, uh, Super Metroid. I'm not surprised that game because oh. they have that thing where they vote whether to let the guys die or not. Hmm. Um. The I'm ex- I'm actually super excited for this so far. So a couple of the ones that they're doing this year are Near Automata, One Handed. Ooh. That's a hard ass game, so that'll be cool. Uh, Azure Striker Gunvolt number two, that'd be cool. Battle Kid, ooh, that one'll be good. Uh, Metroid Prime 100% Run, Okami, ooh, uh, the new Strider that came out in 2014. Okay, I'll uh, have to let the girlfriend know about uh, Strider or Okami. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was gonna, she ain't I was no gonna fucks say about Kari, Strider. Kari. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say Kari will get a massive kick out of that. Oh, they're doing uh, one of the ca- one of the uh, N64 Castlevania games. Gross. Yeah, I... that'd be fun to watch though. It's probably like Sonic 06. Like it's just an ass game, but when you speed run it, apparently it's a lot of fun. So you kind of um... stuttered on the cut, and I thought you were gonna say Katamari Damashi, and I almost shit myself. You shit your pants. Just. <laughs> um. Jackal! Jackal! It's a jackal! Actually? Yeah, they're actually doing it. I, Apparently it's I, only oh like God. a 10-minute run, so... I'm not surprised. I'd imagine that no. game would go really fast if you knew exactly what to do. I uh, mean... Mega Man X6, Mega Man X2, Mega Man X3, Twilight Princess... 
with Jackal, you could literally just, like, run past everyone and then just defeat the boss. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, Zem. Zem is doing Ratchet and Clank, the first one. Zem, Zem holds, like, four of the world records for Ratchet and Clank. Like, Ooh. various games on various percents. The Talos Principle. That one would be kind of cool to watch. Shadow of the Colossus. Yes. Uh, Chrono Trigger. Tetris Grandmaster. Link to the Past. Swordless. Link to the Past. Cool. Um, sh- uh, the new Shantae game. Oh. There's a on. lot. Holy fuck. Kingdom Hearts 2. Okay, so they got this clock that has bird chimes every hour. So that's what that I can was. hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that in. Yeah, Met- Metroid Fusion and Super Metroid. Ooh. They're doing Final Fantasy 7. Earthbound. Earthbound. Did you cut out? <laughs> yes. Yes. Earthbound's my yeah, favorite. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> SGDQ is fun guys SGDQ is a lot of fun go watch it go watch fast things happen it's so cool to watch anyways <laughs> we've we've rambled on for a very long time you need to talk about that thing you wanted to talk about yeah Pokemon Go they changed the gyms yeah gyms so do you know how the gyms worked before I don't I didn't care enough I knew okay. that I would never, ever be able to do anything in a gym, so I was like, meh, fuck it. So, because the game's been out for pretty much a year now, for the first half, I did fight gyms and stuff. For the second half, I didn't, because it hurt my battery, it wasn't fun, and I just didn't want to. Like, at this point, I'm just trying to complete the decks. I barely play, really. But, yeah, the gyms used to work, so... You had three teams. You would fight the other teams. Um, pretty much, you tap on the screen to attack. You swipe to dodge. That's still the same. Yeah. You hold down to do your your like charge attack. So, how do I put this? They have prestige points. So when you defeat okay. a trainer or a monster in a gym, you... Uh, bring down their prestige points once they're at zero you can take the gym and put your pokemon in there and then people from your team can put theirs in there that's how it used to work and there's a lot of problems with it they completely scrapped that entire system except the way you battle so tap to attack swipe to dodge whatnot gyms are now six pokemon only so it used to be that you could get up to ten okay now it's six, like a real Pokemon gym. You can have only one of any monster, like Pokemon, in that gym. So you can't have two Typhlosions or two Dragonites or four Vaporeons or anything like that. So you can't stack a gym with nothing but like Blissies, which was the bane of everyone's existence because it took for fucking ever to bring them down, and they were powerful as fuck. <laughs> So people used to just fill the gyms with, like, Blissies and Dragonites, and it would take forever to defeat them, so people just wouldn't defeat them. So the people who had the gym would just hold it forever, and that's no fun. 
So you can have up to six Pokemon in the gym now. They have motivation, which is shown by a heart above them. Motivation goes down. Yeah, it's cute. Motivation goes down over time and when the Pokemon is defeated. So as the motivation goes down, the CP of the Pokemon also goes down. So it becomes easier to defeat it. That's so. What's that? I said that's nifty. You still cut out, but I got it. (laughs) Okay. So to revitalize your motivation, you have to feed the Pokemon berries while you're at the gym, assuming they're on your own team. Uh, And there's diminishing returns. So if you feed a Pokemon three berries, each time you feed it a berry, the motivation will go up less and less. So it has to be more of a team effort where you're there with your friends or whatever. So you each do a berry to revive the most... Uh, motivation you can when a pokemon loses all of its motivation it's kicked out of the gym when all the pokemon are kicked out of the gym then the other team can take the gym that's That's cool more or less it gyms also act as pokestops so we effectively like doubled the amount of pokestops out there guess what jukebox what there's still fuck all by my house. That's unfortunate. You, actually, you should check again because they added a bunch of stops. Did they? Yeah. I'll, I'll do it right now. So, like, there's I one behind right the Mexican now. restaurant here. And uh, I can't remember the others, but we found, like, three new ones here. Well, that's nifty. Yeah. Well, I'll give it a shot because I know, I know they did a campaign for a while, didn't they? Where Or no, that was, uh, you could do that in... Um, Ingress? You could do it in Ingress, yeah. If multiple people marked a location, yeah, like if three different people marked a location, they would make it a uh, Pokestop, essentially, and people were saying that they should do that for Pokemon Go. Yeah. So that people in less populated areas with like z- with like next to no Pokestops, they could spread the Pokestops out. Yeah. They, uh, they still use the data from Ingress to determine where the Pokestops are. So... You know, groups of people would actually download Ingress and then submit a stop for a portal. And then yeah. the idea is that Niantic would go, hey, this is now a portal. Let's also make it a Pokemon stop. Yeah, because they're literally running the exact same system and all the same code with Pretty just much. changing how it works so that it reads Pokemon instead of Ingress. I mean, the games are a little different, but they're pretty much the same gameplay style. Yeah. So, okay, another thing with the gyms is the way you get coins. So it used to be okay. uh, when you're in one gym, you get 10 coins, and that's the currency for the shop and whatnot. So for each gym you were in, you, were, you would get 10 coins. Once you collected your coins, you'd have to wait 21 hours before you could collect them again and usually you know within that time you'd get kicked out of the gym so you'd have to go take all the gyms again now it's approximately one coin for each hour you're in a gym so you have to be in a gym for at least 10 hours to get the equivalent of what you used to that's a little less not awesome i mean 
It kind of depends where you live, I think. So if you were in the capital city, pretty much any gym changes every 10 seconds. So they're effectively nerfed for farming coins. Because they can no Makes longer sense. stack them with blissies, so they never get kicked out. And, I mean, it it kind of works for that, in that regard. But here, uh, once they... Un they actually, the gyms came out from being under construction. Uh, I went and took mm -hmm. one nearby, and I was in there for about 17 hours. So okay. I got a gym badge for being in there for 10 hours, and then I got 50 coins because I was in there for 10 hours. So that's way more than that's I normally right. would have gotten. Yeah. Like... I very, very rarely took gyms anymore just because I didn't want to. But if there was space, I'd go stick a Pokemon in there, collect 10 coins. My mom, who plays yeah, avidly, sure. would rarely get more than 30. So yeah. to just get 50 by trying the new gym system is fucking awesome. Yeah, that's nice. Does, does very nice. Yeah. I mean, I dig it. It's it's a welcome change because now it feels more like an actual Pokemon gym. And yeah. there's more of like a community effort amongst your team members. Yeah, of course, because now it's not like, oh, look, a gym. Oh, look, it's got fucking 19 Blissies in it. Okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you need them for the berries to increase your motivation. You need them to fill up the gym to six Pokemon. And just in general because before yeah. it used to be you'd train the gym so you'd fight against your own team's monsters it would increase the prestige and then other people could get in the gym that was kind of their community effort but most people didn't want to train yeah um the the other big thing so they changed the gym system they also added raid battles which everyone is pretty sure how they're gonna get uh legendary pokemon makes sense so i mean the ones the one screenshot i've seen is this giant like yellow egg with like white lightning looking things going off and the only thing that comes to my mind is Moltres. oh look a zapdos egg oh uh, see the one i saw looked like a moltres egg from pokemon snap <laughs> oh no okay never mind you're right now that i'm looking at it again it looks more fire than lightning yeah you're right so the deal with the eggs is uh that signifies a raid so there's public and private raids. The private raids will be held using uh, code words, so like passwords and stuff. So within your team, you could set up a private raid and share the code with your friends and stuff. Um, public raids is the egg will show up over top of the gym with a timer on it for a countdown for when the raid starts. And then everyone from every team, whatever, goes there. And when the time starts or when the time ends and the raid begins, there will be one super-powered rare Pokemon on there. So the screenshot they had was a 25,000 CP Tyranitar. So if you were, like, max level and had a super-strong Tyranitar, it would still be less than 4,000. So the fact that this one's 25,000 is fucking insane. Mm-hmm. So everyone battles that one monster that one pokemon 
and if you defeat it, then you have a chance to capture it. I assume you won't capture 25,000 CP Tyranitar. You'll capture one with a CP more in range of what you would have for your level. Yeah, you'd you'd catch, like, if... Well, I mean, for example, like, raid battles are now available from what I'm reading. They're available now for um, people as low as level 25 slash as high as 25. So, I mean, at 25, you're sh- you should be average. You should have at average a few Pokemon at around level, or around probably 22 to 2300 CP. So, if yeah. you were a 25 and you participated and you killed the Tyranitar, you'd probably be able to catch a Tyranitar around 22, 21 to 2200, I would assume. Yeah. That, if not even higher thinking. than that. You might even get access to a Tyranitar that's technically above your level. You might be able to catch one at like 26 or 2700 CP. That'd be nice. That'd be really nice. I mean, see, I'm that, hoping for legendaries, and I'm hoping, to... yeah, because I mean that it would make, make more, more sense, sense to me from a uh, from a what you call it from a, like a raid battle perspective. Because it's like, for example, if you're that high of a level, you probably already have some super OP Pokemon. Like you probably already have your own Blissey or a Dragonite or a Gyarados or fucking for Christ's sake, your own Tyranitar. So it's like. If you have your own Tyranitar and it's at 2300 CP and then you beat the raid and you get the chance to capture another one at 2100 CP, it's like, whoop-de-doo, who the fuck cares? Yeah. See, I right? feel that that would be good for people at lower levels, but if you mm-hmm. are that super OP, like, level 35 guy with the 3000 CP Tyranitar, you don't need one that's stronger, that just makes it harder for everyone else. Yeah. Though, I mean, it would be nice, but at the same time, the fact that you have a chance at catching something so ridiculously rare, I think that makes up for it. Yeah. What else was I going to say about the raids? Me no no. They were, so they announced it as level 35, and then you told me they lowered it like three times within the last day to level 25. Yeah. Literally, I have a, uh, oh, sorry, excuse me. I literally have time stamps of when these updates went live. So, so listen to this. Trainer, on June 22nd, trainers level 35 and above, you can now participate in raid battles at select gyms around the world. Then, if I scroll up on Pokemon Go's Twitter a little bit, it then says, 12 hours ago, trainers level 31 and above you can now participate in raid battles then if i scroll up again eight hours ago 28 and above five hours ago level 25 and above they realize they fucked up real fast (laughs) yeah and they literally updated that shit as fast as they could write the code for it so yesterday when these updates first came out everyone kind of theorized that it was like a beta of sorts where they were limiting it to like the top 1% of Pokemon players that were above level 35. So they could test the system, test the servers and stuff before they lowered the level cap to something around 20-ish. I guess not. (laughs) Because 
like you were telling me and I know it too is like people are like hey I've been playing this literally every day since it came out and I'm still only insert level between like 20 and 30 yeah like I'm at level 29 I'm almost level 30 and for the first six months I played it like literally every day for like I wouldn't say extended periods of time but when I'm in transit, there's a lot of Pokestops there. <laughs> yep. And then, like, my mom, who still plays it, like, three hours every day, because she's ridiculous, is level 31. Mm-hmm. Like. Your mom's crazy. She is crazy. That awkward moment when one of your parents is better at a video game than you. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't call her better at it. She just does it more. <laughs> True. But, like. I feel even the people who, you know, would dump tons of money into the game to get lucky eggs so they get double experience. There's only mm. so much you can do within that time frame. Like, even them are probably less than 35. Very true. Fuck, I remembered the other thing. You have to have a raid pass to participate in raids. You can buy them full of fucking course. So you can buy a premium pass from the store for 100 coins. Or you can get up to one free pass per day just by visiting a gym. So, I mean, okay, at least they're easily acceptable. Yeah, so my questions are, because you can only have one of the free pass at any time. So if you join a raid with your free pass, you get into the raid and you start fighting... And then your Pokemon's defeated. Do you get kicked out? Do you no longer have a chance at getting that ultra rare Pokemon? Like, do you need another raid pass to enter back into the raid? Pretty much. Here's here's how I see it working. And I'm going and I'm gonna base off of uh, a different phone app game that I I sunk a lot of time into. A uh, little gem and a massive cash grab game called Summoner's War. They also have raid bosses, but the raid bosses don't function the same. But what I'm thinking is probably going to happen is I feel like the raid battles in Pokemon Go are going to function similarly to the world boss in Summoner's War. And what it is is you can battle him I believe once a day and it's pretty much like you can only use monsters that are over level 30. So, and you have to have a minimum of 10 monsters to be able to do anything, to be able to fight him. So if you have 10 monsters at level 30, you can take a shot at him. So it's like, let's say, and it's like a preloaded sequence. Like, it's literally like you get, you enter your monsters and the game will run a, it'll run an algorithm to determine how much damage your monsters would do. So it's like, let's say I put in my monsters and they do 600,000 damage total. That gets added to my total score until the world boss dies. And then the more you contribute, the higher your ranking on the system and the higher your ranking on the system, the more rewards you get. Okay. So I'm thinking it might work similarly like that is it's like, if you are only doing the free passes, it's like you get your free pass, you go and you do as much damage to the raid boss as you can, and then you can come back tomorrow and you just keep on going until that thing's dead. And if you're able to contribute enough damage, then you get a pro- then you probably get a chance to capture a Pokemon and I would ass- or capture the Pokemon. I would also assume that depending on 
how much of a contribution you made to of total damage you probably get a higher cp version of that pokemon based on how much damage you did is i think probably the best way they could do it i like that idea but there's only one thing is i can't imagine you'd be able to return the next day and still participate in the raid i think during the raid when all however many people showed up to do it once mm-hmm that monster is defeated because you're all battling the same monster you don't have your own individual health bars on the like opponent monster you all share that health bar so once it reaches zero i think it's just done and it's gone so i'm not sure i also i also really wonder oh go ahead I was just going to say, I'm also I'm also under the assumption that these Pokemon are going to have stupid amounts of HP. Oh, like, yeah. for example, oh, yeah. like, th- like the because the world boss in uh, Summoner's War, like, like 600,000 damage seems like a pretty decent number, does it not? Yeah. That's an F-minus ranking. <laughs> That's, like, piss-poor levels of damage. Damn. So, like, to get an A ranking, you need to be able to put in, like, a full squad of 20 monsters that are six-starred maxed out at level 40 with, like, really awesome runes and buffs and shit, and you need to be able to do, like, a minimum of, like, tens of millions of damage to be able to get an A ranking. And the world boss takes several days of, like, max-level players banging away at him. So I'm assuming the raid boss would be similar. I'm I'm thinking that he'd probably have an absurd amount of HP and it'd probably take a good number of days to take him down. So But at the same time, the game works differently because the world boss is accessible to everybody all the time, whereas the raids are centered on gyms, which are scattered around the city. So it's a lot harder to be able to just like, you know, you're at work on your break and you're like, oh shit, I haven't hit the raid boss today. Let me just boot my shit up. Like it's not gonna work like that. Yeah, you actually have to physically you know? be there. I'm pretty sure they'll time them out. So, you know, people are getting mm. off work. The raid's going to start in 30 minutes kind of deal. Yeah, probably. I mean, if they do them in the in middle some... of the day, it's probably for, like, the junior high kids and stuff that play the game. Yeah. Because, I mean, some of the, a lot of the screenshots are showing timers above the eggs. Yeah. Uh, that so, that I mean... timer is until the raid starts. So it counts yeah. down. Yeah. Um, oh, you're saying like a timer for how long the raid lasts. I'm saying a timer until the raid starts. Okay. And then there will probably also be a timer for how long the raid can last. Because I, gotcha. like, I can't imagine coming back the next day and a raid is still going on. Like, I'd like to enter the gym, thank you, kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. But you brought something up with like having an absurdly high HP is the one screenshot of the Tyranitar with 25,000 CP. CP isn't attack, but it's, you know, you could correlate it to it. The higher your CP is, the stronger your Pokemon is. So Mm -hmm. if you take, like, a 3,000 CP Tyranitar that has 150 HP, and then you times that by, like, fucking 8, that's, like, 1,200 HP. So, yeah, like he'll have much higher HP for sure. What I'm kind of worried about, because I'm not sure how this is going to work. If it's 25,000 CP, how fucking high is its attack? 
am I going to go there and in there with my strongest monster and it's literally just going to like flick it away? Like, how is this going to work? Yeah, that's another thing because it's like if there's such a if there's a big enough difference between like a few hundred CP, I can't imagine what like several tens of thousands will do. Yeah. There's got to be a way to scale it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'll talk about it once I've actually done one and stuff. I'm I'm pretty excited for it though. Like this was a pretty major update. Like the guys at Niantic said this was their biggest update yet. That includes oh, sure shit that is. includes the release of second gen Pokemon. And I'd kind of agree. I hope if this works well for them and they don't gotta fucking tweak it much, trades are next. I really hope. Please, God. So I just realized something. What's that? I'm reading something, and here we are speculating, and I have the exact way a raid battle works right in fucking front of me. God damn it. Hit me. Uh, Before you can battle the raid bot? Okay. So, blah, 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 blah. Before a raid battle begins, a large egg will appear atop a gym. When the countdown above the egg reaches zero, the raid boss will be revealed. Ha! That rhymes. <laughs> Clever Neontic. Clever Neontic. Um, before you can battle the raid boss, you'll need a raid pass, which we just talked about. You can get one free raid pass per day by visiting a gym. You don't have to battle in it. You only have to visit it. Literally walk in, get it, walk out. You can only hold one at a time. You can also get premium raid passes from the in-game shop. I would assume premium raid passes probably give you, like, five no, five shots at the raid. Uh, premium pass... Well, maybe. I, th I think the deal was, because you can only have one free pass, is you could have multiple uh -huh. premium passes. Uh, makes sense. Yeah. I wonder if there'll be, like, a rare drop from Pokestops or something. That'd be nice. Doubt it. <laughs> Doubt it, but it would be nice. Oh, fuck, Anyways, I upon forgot. Using... Okay, dude, sorry, I got in trouble. There is, like, technical machines and stuff. As items. Yeah, I know. I saw yeah. that. Okay. I thought that was cool. Same with, like, rare candies. Yeah. Okay, go on. Although the rare <laughs> candies... The rare candies, to me, are a little bit disappointing. I wish they just boosted your CP instead of turning into one of their candies. I think that's kind of a cop-out, but whatever. I mean, it's... Um, well, it's a, round away, a roundabout way of doing it, because the way you increase CP is by spending their candies and stardust. Yeah, so that's if you what get I'm saying. Candies, like, why not just, yeah. like... Yeah, it's like, why not just cut out the fucking middle band? Like, hey, cool, you got a rare candy. Here's, like, 20 free CP on your net, on the whatever Pokemon you want. Yeah, that'd be nice. You know, I I don't know, my opinion. I mean, but, that, uh, it could so, also be because you can use candies to power up, but at the same time, people may not want to power up their monster. They may want to save the candies to evolve it. Oh, that's true, I suppose. Yeah. You're right, you're right. I forgot, ab I forgot about that. That's a good point. Either uh, way. I'll just finish reading this real quick, then. Go for it. So, upon using your pass to join the battle, you and up to 20 other trainers work together to defeat the raid boss. If you successfully defeat the raid boss within the 5 minute time limit, you'll have a chance to catch an extra powerful Pokemon of your own. Raid goes live, you get 5 minutes. If you kill it, everybody gets a chance to catch the Pokemon. Okay, so that's the one bit of information so. that I forgot that I needed to remember to not speculate for 20 <laughs> minutes straight. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> Any whore. Any whore. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a very awesome, very much needed update. I hope to God trading is next because in my opinion, trading is like the one thing this game needs to really take off. Implying it hasn't already took off. <laughs> I mean, for shut you. up. Yes, of course it has. But I mean, it, it's it's severely... The, the, the game isn't fun to people who don't have access to a shit ton of Pokestops, in my opinion. Yeah. It's like, if you live in New York City... This game is the shit because there's literally a fucking Pokestop every 10 goddamn steps, apparently. Yeah. Same with, like, highly populated cities, like, in, like, Australia yeah. and fucking... Tokyo. I mean, hell, e- Tokyo... Oh, my God. I, I would love to see what Tokyo... Yeah, exactly, right? Um, Like, I can't tell you how many times I've watched YouTubers like Lachlan and Unlisted Leaf and they play Pokemon Go... And they literally sit at a restaurant, and there's like four Pokestops right there, and they're all lured to shit. You know what really pisses me off watching Unlisted Leaf is he'll mm. go for a random walk through a random neighborhood, and he'll be like, uh, Charmander, Geodude, Kangaskhan, fucking Rapidash, Poliwag. Oh, it's look, a cr- massive yeah. oh, look, fucking crocodile. Like, fuck and shit we will never fucking find. Right? It pisses me off so much. Like that's that's the giant bummer for me is it's I would love Pokemon Go so much more if I just had a few damn Pokestops around my around my house. Yeah. If I could go for a quick like half hour walk and hit up like four or five Pokestops, I'd probably go every other day. But I got nothing around me, and I'm not about to drive downtown just so I can go for a walk to hit up a couple Pokestops. It's just a waste of gas. And what I feel is just as bad is even if you didn't do the Pokestops and you just walked around your block to go catch Pokemon, they treat our city pretty much like a rural area and we get nothing but like Spinarax and Pidgeys. Like, yep, we don't get anything good. I found a good. ferret. I found a ferret the other day. I threw one ball and it ran. I was like, cool, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I even threw a raspberry at that bitch. Nope, peace. Fuck. Yeah, I was mad. Yeah. I don't know. It still needs fixes. But yeah, I, yeah, that's just it. I think. I think if it, it's just that if we lived in the if we lived in the North City, we we it the game would be incredibly more accessible to us. Yeah, like it was when it's, I was in university and there every day. Exactly. It'd be like I'm gonna walk. Exactly. I'm gonna walk between these two classes and also get four pokey stops along the way. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just that. It's like every time, like, I'll boot the app up every once in a while because, I mean, there was the one time I caught a Scyther and a Rhyhorn just chilling in my basement. Jesus. Yeah, those were the, those were pretty awesome days. Nice. But that's just it. It's like it's once in a blue moon that something interesting pops up. And it's it's always, like you said, it's always Pidgeys and Spinaraks and Ledibuzz. And it's like, whoop de fucking do. I don't care. Yeah. Like I remember we even me and my girlfriend we even went we went to the the, the mall, right? right? The mall has like 20 pokey stops in it. The reception and in a the lot mall of them is shit. <laughs> yeah, reception in the mall is not awesome, but it's good enough. There a lot of them had lures on them. And we walked around for a good 2 hours hitting pokey stops and stuff. We got lots of items and we literally caught like four pidgeys each. Yeah. That mall, that, that, was mall it. Super that was it. That was it. 
Well, I know, but it's still. I was like, are you serious? We're actually in a city with a ton of Pokestops. They all have lures on them, and all we get are Pidgeys and Caterpies. Like, this is such garbage. We we realized very quick how garbage it was. And, like, for me and my mom, because we're on a different service provider than you, we literally can't mm-hmm. play in that mall because we don't get good enough reception. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I don't It's God damn as much. It. Bitch because we care. It's I love broken the record, right? <laughs> yeah, we bitch because we care. It's like, I love the game. I love the concept of the game. I think it's awesome. I think it's fun. Hell, my mom and her friends started playing it, and literally none of them know dick all about Pokemon. Yeah, that was like my mom, too. <laughs> like, 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 her friend, they were on a road trip once. Her husband was driving. Her friend was playing the game in the passenger seat, and every time she missed a Pokeball, she'd be like, oh, shit, oh, fuck. God damn it. <laughs> to the point where her husband was like, "Hey, you need to fucking relax. <laughs> oh, God. So, dude, like, four days ago or something, uh, mm-hmm. me and Kari, we were walking down by the lake because they finally opened up that new uh, boardwalk. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, so it's, like, twice as long as it used to be. It's actually pretty lovely. There's, like, tons of baby ducks out there right now. All that romance. Yeah. It's actually pretty nice to walk on, but uh, we were walking over there and stuff, checking it out, and my mom messages me. Mm -hmm. She is like 25 minute walk away from we are, and she's like, oh my God, oh my God, jukebox. Okay. I opened the app. I'm at this stop. It's like this weird, what the fuck do I even call? It's almost like a yellow rabbit with like a red thing on its head, but it doesn't have pointy ears. And it's like electricity and stuff. It's like Amph something. And I'm like, God damn it, Mom, it's an Ampharos. How the fuck did you encounter My an Ampharos God. in our city? <laughs> uh. So we were like, okay, we're done our walk anyway. So we walk that way and we kind of speed walk a little bit because it'd be nice to get that because it's, you know, like an ultra rare Pokemon pretty much. I mean, it's yeah. gone by the time we get there. You know what replaced it though? Hmm. A magmar. Fucking oh, shit. <laughs> well, that's nifty at least. Yeah. I was like, God damn it. Oh, hey, look, there's this thing I don't have yet. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, uh, we've been recording for over an hour. Yeah, we've been rambling. I- let's Let's talk about the main thing. Uh, I was about to say we could probably just cut it here and do the main thing next time. <laughs> yeah, we could if you want. Uh, so, uh, if you guys remember the start of this episode where we said what our main topic was, we just did a total change because we've been recording for quite a while and we're tired. So and unprepared. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're now it's talking about? It's been a long week. Is Eastern versus western rpgs so so for for anybody who's not sure what the difference is i'm sure you've heard the term rpg before especially if you're listening to this podcast i'd be very very confused i'd be concerned and i need to have a long i'd be i'd all dig that's what i'm saying i'd be worried about <laughs> your sanity if you haven't if you don't know what an rpg is um You've heard the term RPG, but there is a difference between JRPGs or Japanese RPGs and Western RPGs, which, admittedly, I just learned about. 
Like, I knew they were different, but I didn't know how they were different. So I found out. <laughs> so um, a primary difference is JRPGs tend to focus more on a battle system, where as Western RPGs tend to focus more on, like, character customization and exploring on your own. So uh, um, Jukebox and I discussed this in private, and um, we decided a really good example of a Western RPG is like Skyrim, and a very and a perfect example of a JRPG is Final Fantasy. Now, the biggest main difference is you can't customize your characters in Final Fantasy. You can't be like, I think Cloud would look better with short, buzzed brown hair. Like, just give him Barrett's haircut. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's do that instead. Like, no, it's like here's your character, deal with it. Like, he's gonna learn these moves, he's gonna do he's gonna equip these weapons, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Whereas in Skyrim, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. But the story isn't as developed. Like Final Fantasy VII, if you haven't played it, my god, that's a ride. You will cry. There is a point, things happen, music plays, your soul is shattered into millions of pieces. I digress. It's been so many years, but I'm not going to ruin anything. Whereas in Skyrim, it's like, or any of like the Elder Scrolls games or like Fallout or, you know, whatever Western RPG you want to compare to, it's like you start the game, there's the tutorial, like you set your skills, you set what you want to specialize in, that kind of thing. You customize your character however they want to look. Like, if you want to be a five-foot-nothing anime schoolgirl looking bitch fucking knock yourself out um but and then it's once once the tutorial stage is kind of over then you're free to do whatever you want you can literally run across the map to a fucking distant ass city and go mining in dwarven caverns if you fucking want to like nothing stops you Whereas in Final Fantasy VII, it's like, okay, there's a degree of exploration, but if you go the wrong way, you're going to run into shit that you can't fight at your level, and you're going to get shit rolled sideways. Yeah. So, so that that's the main difference, is it's like, in, in Western RPGs, you aren't limited. It's literally, you do what you want to do. Whereas a JRPG is, it's like, you're filling the role of the characters we've already created and playing through their story that we have already built. Yeah. As opposed to a Western RPG where it's like, you be you and do what and make your own story. So when you introduced the this stuff, you, uh, you kind of said that you just learned the difference. Was it because you kind of associated RPG as just RPG you never really separated the two or anything that and i've played very very few western rpgs i've played i've played oblivion i've played skyrim i tried fallout but i hate it because it's trash and that's gonna piss some fanboys <laughs> off but i don't care because i'm right fallout sucks get over it anyways i uh okay because you've heard <laughs> me say this so i guess you get it now i've said I hate open world. I hate Western RPGs. Do you get the games I'm talking about now? Yes. Yeah. And I do agree for the most part. So, like, like in general, I just don't like those games. And we talked about this during the uh, Breath of the Wild episode, how I wanted Breath of the Wild to kind of be like my barrier to the point where 
I can at least enjoy this style of gameplay. Mm hmm. Because, like, I gave a fuck about Zelda. I don't give a fuck about the Dragonborn. <laughs> I know. So, I'm going to give everybody a little, like, sneak peek because. I assume because we rambled for so long today and our main topic changed, we're probably just going to carry what was today's main topic into next episode. So the main topic next episode is probably going to be what makes games good. So a little sneak peek of my opinions is the main thing is it has to be engaging. And that's something that I find Western RPGs sorely fucking lack. Because it's like, I'd be a liar if I said I hadn't sunk a good amount of time into Skyrim. I get a I get a huge kick out of grinding up my skills. Like it you don't understand it it is fun to a degree to literally run around a city terrorizing the guards by blasting them with fire magic just to level up your skills. But to me the games are empty. There's nothing really to them because you have to make them fun for yourself, which to me is lazy game design. I understand it works and a lot of people love it, but me personally, it seems like a cop out. In we, we instead of these building a game extensively in our video games class in university, and it was mostly yeah. you know discussions on the difference between what's an immersive game and what's like a linear game, because with games mm -hmm. like Skyrim and other open world games, you create your own goals you'd say what you yeah. want to do like there's a story there but if you do literally just the story it's gonna last for like eight hours and whatever but you choose what you want to do and if nothing interests you or you run out of things that you want to do then there's nothing to the game see here's who's barking sorry go ahead no sorry someone was barking Oh, um, I was going to say, if you guys want an example of, in my, well, it it's a big, it's a fusion of a JRPG and a Western RPG, in my opinion, it ties more towards a Western RPG, is Breath of the Wild, like Zelda Breath yeah. of the Wild. In, in my opinion, that's a, that's a Western RPG done fucking right. Yeah. Because you can do whatever the hell you want. If you want to just go shrine hunting, do it. If you want to hunt down Korok seeds, do it. Quote, don't do it. The reward at the end is not fucking worth it. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, fucking Complete. pile of shit reward, I'll tell you right now. But, um, but that's just it. But under all that there's still an awesome story like jukebox and i were both obsessed with finding all the memories we yes. both loved seeing the memories we loved going into the guardian beast we loved seeing the cutscenes with the champions we loved talking to like what i originally thought were going to be the new champions and i was sorely disappointed but fucking rip me um but at, at under it there was just this huge story there were still all these characters that you wanted to know more about like every time i completed a sacred beast or a guardian beast or whatever the fuck they were called it's been a while yeah. um every single time i'd start one i'd get a clip of the champion i'd be like no i i want to know more about you why are you such a prick or whatever i'm <laughs> referring to ravelli yeah, fuck that guy because fuck that guy um <laughs> 
and then you beat the beast and you get another snippet of them and it, it's the same thing it's like no damn it i want to know more about you like fuck and granted we talked about this at in our e3 video last week but they are doing a dlc for breath of the wild called the champions dlc i am speculating that you're going to be able to play as the champions because they're releasing a set of amiibos where all of the champions are holding their signature weapons if that doesn't scream play as us i don't know what fucking does that was my assumption yes did you say that in the video yes i agree with it a hundred percent I'm not I will not take credit I had the same opinion to Jukebox said it first so he gets the credit for that one but I agree with it 100% so so it's just that it's Breath of the Wild does it right because you can do whatever the fuck you want but but after everything is said and done there's still a super awesome story for you to go back to yeah and I mean if you, you can't want to do that to in Skyrim. You can't do that in Skyrim and Follow because the story is so diluted and kind of out there. Boring. Like in Skyrim, it's like <laughs> in Skyrim, it's like, oh, you're Dragonborn. Like, oh, that's awesome. Oh, you can use shouts. Go talk to these guys. Oh, yes, you can use shouts. Oh, and then you talk to one lady, and she's like, oh, we need to figure out how to kill Alduin, and I'm just like, this is boring. <laughs> Fuck your elves and your orcs <laughs> and your giants. I'm just gonna you know roll cheese down a hill i'm gonna go kill a horse and cast soul trap magic on it so my conjuration gets to level 100 fuck all of you and your problems (laughs) no just me that was only me that did that okay i never played i don't even know what the fuck you're talking about i know i know (laughs) i know car i know kari played a ton of skyrim she'd probably argue with me right now but oh probably I was going to say, um, if you want to listen to us bitch about how much we love uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, I'm pretty sure that was episode three. (laughs) It was. It was indeed. Um, So yes, we we literally talk about Breath of the Wild for like an hour straight. So if you want to know more, go to that. I just wanted to use an example of that is what every Western RPG should be, in my opinion. There should be all of the options in the world for you to go and do whatever the fuck you want, but it's... At the end of the day, you should be able to come back to it and play through the story and be like, yes, I need answers. Yeah. Because playing through Skyrim or Fallout, I'm like, I don't fucking care. Yeah, they're not engaging <laughs> like, enough. Like you said, it needs to be engaging to be good. Yeah, that's just it, right? It's like if I pick up a fucking RPG, that's why none of the Tales games recently have sucked me in. It's because their stories just don't grab me like the older ones do i pick up symphonia even now and i'm like god damn this story's amazing i picked up like zelia or like i've watched uh shady penguin play berseria for a while and i was like yeah what sorry i fell asleep like (laughs) it's just they're just not there like i just don't fucking care i still want to play fantasia that's that's the main thing and me personally i'm on the end of the spectrum where it's like if you want to play an rpg play a jrpg yeah because you're gonna get oh, more yeah. out of it that's just how it is like you're gonna finish the game and instead of being like in skyrim where it's like well i beat the main story now what time to go grind skills it's like you beat the story and it's like my god i need more <laughs> right Give me more. It's like... Please, sir, may I have some more? Yeah. No. 
Um, I'm trying to think of an example of like a direct sequel, and I'm just I'm blanking right now. Like a direct sequel JRPG. Uh, personas. Sure, let's do personas. It's like if you played Persona Five, not Persona. If you played Persona Four. And you beat it, and you loved it, and you were like, that was fucking amazing. Persona 5 comes out, and you're like, holy shit, I'm going to learn so many answers to questions that I've had for, like, two whole years or whatever. And it's like, boom, hop on the fucking hype train. But it's like, you know, the new Elder Scrolls will come out eventually, or whatever, and it'll be like, time to grind my two-handed skill up again, I guess. (laughs) Same shit, different pile. (laughs) literally the same shit different pile there's nothing different and fair enough you could argue oh but Kelrix that's the same thing in like Final Fantasy games main character has sword main character swings sword okay fair point but every character swings the sword differently yeah <laughs> when you Not play to mention when you play more than one Skyrim, character <laughs> yeah that <laughs> but when you play it when you play a Skyrim game, because, okay, what, here's one thing. I think it would be super cool if Skyrim had more variety of weapons. Like, I think it'd be super awesome if you could, like, hold daggers upside down and, like, sneak around like a fucking thief. Because it's like, you have a sneak skill, you have a pickpocket skill, you have a one-handed skill, you have a dual-wield skill. What's stopping you from having, like, super awesome little backwards assassin daggers? Scythes? Literally nothing. Scythes? Yeah, we could do scythes. Yeah, why aren't scythes in-game? Scythes are badass. Let me be a Grim Reaper. My character needs a hood. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like, it's it's just that... It's it's just that simple. I'm not, I'm not hating on Skyrim 100%. Again, I've sunk time into it. I've enjoyed it. I'm just saying that if you want... If it's, if it's like, oh, I don't know if I should get Skyrim or this JRPG, just get the JRPG. Just get the JRPG. So, I'm going to go back to where you, you were explaining the differences between Western and Eastern RPGs. Because all RPGs kind of spawned from the actual tabletop RPGs, like the original dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. And I feel where the immediate divide happened is in Japan when they created Final Fantasy and they created Dragon Warrior as, like, the first real RPG video games. Um, What they did is they looked more at the stat-based point and the battle. So, like, I'm talking, like, you roll your dice to figure out the number of your stats. You use those stats, you build those stats... And then when you enter battle, it's based on what your stats are. Whereas in North America, they focused a lot more on, yes, creating the character, but then the exploration of the open world, as in, like, you're playing a D&D campaign, and it's like, here's your map, where do you want to go? It still has all the battling and stuff, it's just the exploration is what was focused on more. So that's why a lot of the early Western RPGs were kind of like dungeon crawlers. It was more like looking yeah. around the place and then also fighting. Because like in Dragon fine. Warrior, like it is literally nothing but the fight and everything is dependent on you getting better stats. Yeah, same with Final Fantasy. So like 
The difference between the Western and the Eastern is just the Eastern took the stat-based side of RPGs, and the Western took the actual looking around shit side of RPGs where you gotta, like, lift a fucking rock to find the key to go to the next room or something. Yeah. And it's really weird because there are both two parts of one complete tabletop RPG. It's like, where did they go so different? <laughs> so, to to summarize, essentially, if you don't know whether to play a Western RPG or a JRPG, fuck it. Go play Dungeons & Dragons with some friends, because then you get the best of everything. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> but don't actually, because it takes for fucking ever to set up, and then no one will actually play it. Yeah. Hashtag our group. That's like... That's like, I'll get just slightly off topic. We're going slightly real world here. So I started, I started work, right? I got this job and this other new guy started with me. Find out he's a bit of a nerd. I'm like, fucking awesome. Cool. We're going to get along just fine. I go, well, what do you do? What kind of, what kinds of games do you play and stuff? He's like, oh, I'm probably the biggest nerd you'll ever find. Like, he's like, I do D and D with my friends. Sometimes immediately I'm like, do you DM? He's like, no. I'm like, God fucking damn it <laughs> it's like shit you're useless to me then. you're fired <laughs> no, not, not actually I'll, I'll do but, um, for us so yay well I, ke- I kept saying that I was gonna fucking learn how and then I just haven't actually gotten around to right. it but so but anyway the other yeah. podcast I'm on podcast TVD uh, distinct Kusai he has all these plans and one of them is that he wants us to use like the d20 website or whatever to play dungeons and dragons online and have a campaign where we kind of like skype call each other and stuff and then we like stream it or post it on youtube and stuff i'm like slow the fuck down i mean we can hardly get the three of us together to record an episode each week (laughs) yeah no kidding um, I think that'd be more fun as like a casual thing. I think, I think as far as like going, putting on a YouTube or like streaming it or something, I think you need to like slow down and I think you need to like get through a campaign or two just casually before you even thought about going that yeah, far. Yeah, no kidding. Like the most I've ever even done is like created my character. Yeah, exactly. That Same. was like That's two the years most ago. I've ever done. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, shall we wrap our episode up, Jukebox? Yes, that is a very good idea. Okay. So, I know this one was a little bit of a clusterfuck because, I mean, conversation is conversation. Good conversation at that. But we get passionate about dual links because it's fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, and we really like it. So I'm sorry that that took up like 40 minutes of the episode, but I mean... Eh, there's it. only like three of you in um, listening anyways <laughs> yeah pretty much we love no, you if you want us to um, stop talking about it tweet at us at, at <laughs> infinity games podcast oh fuck no it's at games underscore podcast what am I smoking fucking tweet at us at games We're... underscore podcast or comment on our facebook at infinity games podcast it's the yeah, only that. way you'll get us to stop talking about it <laughs> no, we're gonna keep talking about it, even if you're like, no more dual legs. Fuck off. We'll just tone it down no, a I'm little bit because we're busy people, and this is practically the only thing we play now. <laughs> Pretty much. 
it's like hey i would love love so, love to start this rpg that's 60 hours long but i think i'm just gonna do a single duel and duel links and that'll last me about three minutes <laughs> yeah that's that's a more efficient use of my yep. time <laughs> so um but anyway so tune in next week like i said we originally had plans we were going to talk about what makes the game good so we'll move that to next week so join us for episode 14 when we talk about that yes when we talk and discuss what makes a video game good, because believe believe you me, a lot of the stuff that you think ruins a video game has worked wonders in others. Yeah. <laughs> we would know. <laughs> so that oh, in my, I I think that'll actually be one of the best episodes we'll have done. I'm I'm actually really excited to talk about what makes a game. Yeah, good. get hyped for so, that. So tune in for episode 14. Um, thanks for joining us for episode 13. Did it feel we'll unlucky? See you guys next time. Did it feel unlucky? Did it feel unlucky? I mean, we 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 had a plan and we did not stick to it, so I I kind of count that as unlucky. Yeah. Y- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unlu- unlucky unlucky episode number thirteen was a success. That's okay. We'll do fourteen next week. It'll be our best episode ever, and then we'll have to follow. Yay! Even better than ukulele. Yeah, maybe not. That one was pretty good. Maybe not. <laughs> that 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 podcast was a masterpiece. Anyways, yeah, I'm Jukebox Hero. So we'll we'll and I'm Kellerick's King. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.